Welcome back again to Yaki Ichabod's Weird Wrestling. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about two greats that passed away way before their time. But before that, we need to, to uh, send a shout out to River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. Make the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill your next dinner and a movie's destination. In the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Either dine inside the movie memorabilia packed restaurant, The Shire, or take your meal to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are Blue Beetle, Strays, Meg 2, The Trench, and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Find the complete showtimes and listings online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about the two. Tuesday special of $5 movies all day long and 550 senior matinee specials on Wednesdays and Thursdays. The River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages and is family owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. For their showtimes, look online at morefamilytheaters.com. Sounds like a great time. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, last week, uh, two of the gr- two great wrestlers died or passed within a day of each other. Within a day of each other, like Dale said, and you know their their uh, influence will be felt for a long time. I know when we did the uh, favorite male wrestlers, these two of these guys were in my top five. Yeah, it. So yeah, sorry, just hopping on here. All right. Uh, so yeah, um, it was uh, whoops. sorry about that. Getting in position here. Here we go. But yeah, I had the unfortunate duty of uh, breaking this news to you. It was uh, I had to call you on the phone because I remember both when we did our top five male wrestlers a couple months ago. Both these guys were on your top five. And for people watching the video version, we got a special background on the screen commemorating both wrestlers for the same graphic they used on. Uh, if anyone missed uh, last Friday's, uh, a week ago today's, from where, when this video is airing, our show is airing today, uh, episode of SmackDown, they did a great tribute episode of SmackDown dedicated to Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. Uh, Bray Wyatt, better known as uh, Wyndham Rotunda, his real name, son of uh, Mike Rotunda, better known as IRS or Michael Wall Street in pro wrestling circles. Uh, and you know Terry Funk, WWE the hardcore Hall, legend, hardcore legend, WWE Hall of Famer. I had to give you the unfortunate phone call because I, I am like I got a feeling Icky doesn't know about this. And you know, usually we call and check in with each other on the weekend. And uh, you know, after doing that, I was like, Icky, I got some sad news for you. It's like a double dose of sad news. But uh, no, I found out about this during uh, we were doing the sports show here on GFBS last Thursday live. Uh, uh, Fork Sports Highway, and uh, we were doing a video break ad, and all, I was just kind of catching up. But I felt my f- my phone vibrating, some texts going off, so I was like, oh, "I wonder what's going on." And I had like three different people telling me that. Uh, well, I guess the day prior, Terry Funk passed away, then- seventy eight years old. So he was kind of getting up there in their years, but all of a sudden, though, just out of nowhere, breaking news of Bray Wyatt passing away, age thirty six. Well, he- there, there was another loss recently, too. Darren draws. Yeah, about a month or two ago back. Yeah, and he had the whole heartbreaking tale where he got paralyzed in the ring uh, in 1999 after a match with D'Lo Brown. And, yeah, it's just, yeah. But uh, I guess, yeah, today, so, yeah, many many condolences out Darren Drozda. Maybe we could do something with him down the line here, too. But, 
yeah, Bray Wyatt, what was going on with him? Uh, I guess Triple H had announced it first on, on his social media. But what was going on with him, I guess, earlier in the year, because uh, Bray Wyatt, he made his return to WWE after like a year and a half with after like he was Uncle released. Howdy and yeah, did you like the Uncle Howdy storyline and what they were doing with him in I LA Knight? I liked it, but I like Firefly Funhouse the best. Yeah. That was my favorite. You know, It was like Pee Wee's Playhouse, yeah. but it was like demented. Um, and then, of course, Bray Wyatt, the character Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. I really enjoyed that storyline, too. Um, there, there have been you know, a lot of people who have been in the Wyatt family, such as Daniel Bryan. Yeah, for all like a couple of weeks. And, but then Randy Orton was there in a very nice story angle. Randy Orton, yeah. Um, who, who, were the, who were the other guys? The guy wore the sheep mask. I the two remember. main ones were Eric Rowan and and Luke Harper, who went on to be better known as Brody Lee in Did, AEW and beforehand. Didn't he pass away too? Yeah, he had a freak ago? sudden passing away. Uh, just a complications from uh, it was it was from a illness, a lung illness. I, I forget the specifics of it, but yeah, another freak sudden passing away. I mean, how just you know, just you know how Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt teamed together. That was just a freaky thing. But you could look. I guess you could look up the details online. Uh, I don't want to dwell on the details too much. It was just like. Well, it's supposed to be a remembrance. Yeah. Of- remembrance. So we're doing today's show to just, you know, remember and celebrate their, their wrestling careers and just like our favorite moments and memories with both guys. So, do, do, well, let's, let's start with talking about Bray Wyatt. Yeah. What, what, what do you want to really talk like about? I really like the Sister Abigail thing. You know, I think you, I, I know you are definitely in the minority on that. He was not that well received. The Sister Abigail character was not that well received when Wasn't it was going on. Wasn't it just on. like him, like, like with a, a thing over his face and wearing a dress or something like well, that? Well, you never got to see the full details on it. He was supposed to wrestle Finn Balor as the demon at the TLC pay per view, I believe, in like 2018 or 2019. Yeah. And I actually went to that one. It was in the Twin Cities, and I was just dreading that match because they're kind of going into, you know, Bray Wyatt. I had so many, the Bray Wyatt character, I had so many hot and cold streaks as far as my own personal fandom with it, just as the storylines because some of it was very fascinating seeing where they went the sci-fi nature of it well other stuff was too out there did you ever feel any of the bray wyatt stuff went too out there or were you all or were you all in that let me in and things Mm -hmm. like that um there was a time back back when i was watching uh smackdown religiously where and i saw bray wyatt i i actually i actually grew a beard and wore a fedora for like two months all for all for Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he had that great look because his, his character had quite the evolution. WWE. He kind of had that back, back doors uh, kind of outback kind of look to him. Well, wasn't he part of NXT originally with uh, Harper and Rowan? Well, well, well before that, he was in like the original competition era of NXT when he was Husky Harris. <laughs> that was well, his first WWE incarnation. I he yeah, used to, didn't he used to wrestle a long time ago with like Doink the Clown? Or no, no, not Doink. But he had a character before Bray Wyatt that didn't do too hot. Husky, Husky Harris, and he was in like uh, the re- revamped version of uh, the Nexus 2.0 that didn't really take off. Not that long of a run on the main roster, but then he kind of got revitalized as Bray Wyatt with the Wyatt, the Wyatt family. And I really liked that first run of the Wyatt family. And then when they added Braun Strowman to the mix, it was the four of them there for a long time. I really, I really like uh, the Wyatt family's music. Yeah, that great theme just, music. What? What a great yeah! Just this is like this entrance just like this little just tome well you know and i think they kind of inspired uh the house of black in mm-hmm. a sense with their entrance in AEW. Yeah, it was like this melodic uh kind of acoustic and a little chanting going on with it and yeah then bray Wyatt went on to even have even more 
interesting themes with. You remember the, when he used to crawl like a crab? He used yeah. to like bend his back and like crawl around. I, and I heard so many great stories about how Bray Wyatt, like behind the scenes, he had so many great ideas with where he wanted to go with the characters, the storylines, the story arcs. But he had to go through like the you know, the writers and Vince McMahon had so many filters with him. So I had no idea if he went too far out there on his end or Vince McMahon added his own twist. It's hard to say. What did you think? You know, we can't talk about Bray Wyatt without bringing up the Fiend and that whole arc. I like the Fiend. Actually, the Fiend mask was made by a really famous. Uh a uh, special effects artist named Tom Savini. Yeah, The Fiend, you know, that's another one where I have so many mixed emotions over because they made him look like this unstoppable monster. Well, you know, th- there would be Bray Wyatt on the Firefly Funhouse, and then it would, like, you know, go let him in, mm-hmm. and then The Fiend would show up. Yeah, I, I, I did I did absolutely love the Firefly Funhouse sketches because what would you say? It was like a modern-day take on like a demented version of Pee-wee's Playhouse? That's what I said, yeah. Yeah, that, so that, I, I, thought that was, I, I thought that was just so fun to see where that take and the twists and turns when he introduced all these like shout-outs to like his Mercy, past characters. Mercy the Buzzard and Sister Abigail was one of them. And-, and there's that pig there too. I think that was a throwback to his Husky Harris character. And, like, there are so many big Easter eggs to the Bray Wyatt character in his vignettes. If you watch him, there's, like, all these YouTube deep dives for Easter eggs on his promos. He's supposed to be kind of like a a Charles Manson kind of character. He was a cult leader. The the Wyatt family was basically a cult, and they were playing on the the idea of a cult mentality with the character of Bray Wyatt. What did did you think of that uh, Fiend slash uh, Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania with John Cena during the the beginning of the pandemic? I don't remember that. uh, It was like one of those uh, cinematic matches where they just had it take place in like this alternate reality where John Cena was going through like all these versions of time traveling through various incarnations of his character. And it was like uh, they they took it. They took some for those first. That sounds stupid. I'll have to show you on YouTube here one of these days. It, it actually, I thought they pulled it off pretty pretty well. It was the, those early few months of the pandemic. WWE would do a few twists and turns with like they called them cinematic matches. I don't like paranormal storylines. You know, and there, I thought Bray Wyatt kind of straddled that line. Sometimes he took, he really invo- involved the paranormal and sci-fi nature to his storyline. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for not so much. Like but the when, Fiend matches, I was like, when he when he just did uh, the Firefly Funhouse and the. Uh, the Wyatt family, it was more grounded to Earth. Yeah, I, I, I thought he, that too, yeah. But when he became the, the Fiend, it was, you know, and, and Uncle Howdy mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it became more paranormal, yeah. more supernatural. I was, I was interested in where they were going with the Uncle Howdy stuff. They were just starting to get him into the mix in this elaborate story arc, this many, many months spanning story arc. He was, what, three or four months back into his return? But then that's when he, he took time off because he had an illness, and it sounded like he was on the road to recovery to getting back, and then he had this unfortunate heart attack and passed away uh, last week. But, yeah, it looked like they were going some interesting places with it. Did, did you see that moment where, uh, on his return, he kind of had like an awesome passing of the torch moment with The Undertaker? No, I did not see that. Yeah, he was feuding with L.A. Knight. He had that weird... Mountain Dew match at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Oh, my goodness. That's another story for another day. But uh, during the buildup to it, L.A. Knight was trying to one-up Bray Wyatt and attack him. But then uh, Undertaker got in the mix, and the two kind of teamed up on on beating up L.A. Knight. And it was kind of like a cool passing of the torch moment. You know, you know another thing like that is that he kind of uh, made a career for Daniel Bryan. Yeah. He, 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 like, helped him get into where he is now, 
as Brian Danielson, but mm-hmm. but yeah, when he was Daniel Bryan, you know, you got you had that the, the the Wyatt family, you had the yes 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 and the hell no team, but I think Daniel Bryan really came to when he was in the Wyatt family. And it was a he, very short run in the Wyatt and family. And then he became uh, the eco-friendly... Oh, yeah. What was it? The Planets champion, yes. I think. Captain, Mr. Captain Planet. That was a fun evolution for him. And then he had Eric Rowan as his bodyguard, too, as a nice little uh, full circle there with... Uh, uh, during the SmackDown tribute, the WWE brought in Eric Rowan, and I thought that was very, very fitting. Well, who was who the guy that uh, John Moxley mentioned in his book who was part of the uh, Wyatt family who passed away? Uh, Luke Harper or Brody Lee, <laughs> when he when he passed away, that's what he was going by Brody Lee uh, in AEW. Very yeah, yeah. It's so crazy to think about. Uh, Luke Harper had a sudden passing away. His longtime uh, stable mate in the Wyatt family, now Bray Wyatt, just a couple of years later. It's what about Rowan? Eric Eric Rowan. He was at the SmackDown tribute. Uh, WWE. He's no longer a WWE active roster member, but they brought him in for the SmackDown tribute. Uh, they did a very very. They had a nice little silhouette. Uh, uh, or just like the spotlight shining down on like you know the Bray Wyatt you know rocking chair, yeah, and and then you saw the Bray Wyatt lantern because he'd always carry that eerie lantern to the to the ring. Well, we need to we need to get on to Terry. Fonsier. Yeah, yeah. So many great memories about Bray Wyatt. We can go on forever. But we don't, but we're on a little bit of a time window. But rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. And uh, yeah, let's throw it. what I know. Icky, you're a huge fan of Terry Funk. What's your first memories of him? Oh, uh, ECW Terry Funk. When they had that uh, Stevie Richards Raven, you know the winner fights Raven for the the title for the and, first pay per view. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer said, "I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved." But he ended up getting involved, and Terry Funk won the title. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about Terry Funk was he was a deathmatch wrestler through and through. He was in Japan touring Japan all the time. There was a great. Uh, I think it was an exploding ring match in FMW that Terry Funk was part of. And Terry Funk, you know, wrestled in barbed wire and thumbtacks and stuff like that. But he was actually a really good wrestler, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, back when he started off, he was, you know, him and Dory, you know. Yeah. Tag were, team champions and both were NWA world champions. And then he kind of like, you know, he went off into this middle-aged and crazy thing. And actually, Rob Black... In order to fight Sabu, who was uh, who who was working with, I forget his name, uh, Joshua Lazy, I think it was in XPW. He brought in Terry Funk to fight Sabu, and that was in XPW. They, yeah, the, the two went at it. Well, it was at a uh, a pay per view called Go Funk Yourself. Go, I love that name. Those indie shows they always have clever names. Yeah. That was, a, that was cool. Those two, those two had such a long feud. I remember that build-up to that barely legal match. And actually, if people have seen the Beyond the Mat documentary, a class, an iconic wrestling documentary, that feud is highlighted and the build-up to the whole barely legal ECW pay-per-view. I, I thought Terry Funk was a great uh, way to give ECW credibility when they rebranded. Uh, well, even when they're still Eastern Championship Wrestling before they rebranded as Extreme, Extreme Champion. Championship Wrestling. Terry Funk was there kind of as a torchbearer of, uh, yeah, yeah, this may be the Terry Funk, you know, is the, uh, you know, the, the NWA world champion, but he has this new extreme twist where he's bringing over that hardcore Japanese style to the new extreme style of ECW. It was just like the perfect combination. I saw, I saw clips of Terry Funk uh, wrestling in an ex- exploding barbed wire match with uh, Cactus Jack. 
Yeah. And Cactus Jack, they acted like they hated each other on mm-hmm. uh, in the shows and all that stuff. But they, they were f- good friends. What? Like when Mick Foley fought The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell, who gets choke slammed out of their shoes trying yeah. to help Mick Foley but Terry Phil, Funk? Help Mick Foley buy a couple minutes for Mick Foley to recover from that. Just another iconic moment in WWE that chokes him through the hell in a cell. Uh, we need to give Mick Foley a couple minutes to snap out of unconsciousness. Terry Funk, run in and take a choke slam from the Undertaker. And he get, it actually choke slams him out of his freaking shoes. Yeah, and Terry Funk, he he had a few brief runs in WWE. I remember that awesome garbage dumpster match at WrestleMania 14, where they won the tag team titles against the New Age Outlaws. That was that was great. Do you remember Chainsaw Charlie? No, but I remember Leatherface from uh, from FMW. Is that a character you played in FMW then? Leatherface? No, no, it, just a, a character that came oh. up. There was a, a character named Leatherface, and he had this big, this big board, and it had like it looked like a giant toothbrush because at the top of it were nails. I bring up Chainsaw Charlie because they had Terry Funk going by that name in I think uh, early '98 before eventually they were like, ah, oh, this is stupid. We'll just have him be Terry Funk. Boy, he, he just wore uh, like a flower covered pantyhose on top of his on top of his face and uh, it came out with a chainsaw he's called chainsaw charlie but uh, i saw i saw a match where they used a chainsaw once there was no chain on the chainsaw but they used it and then as far as like classic terry funk matches goes from his heyday uh i i loved him Uh, i mean he had a great run as nw world champion but there's that iconic uh i quit match with rick flair uh, around 1990 give or take a year well, did you know that uh, Terry Funk and uh, Atsushi Onita hung out a lot? Is that another big Japanese hardcore wrestler? I'm no, he's, he's a Jap- he, he was a high flyer originally, but mm-hmm. then he broke his leg really bad. Mm-hmm. And anyways, after he broke his leg, he decided, you know, I can't do the high flying anymore, but I can do hardcore stuff. And Onita was the guy who started off FMW. Yeah, yeah, Terry Funk. And he was influenced by Terry Funk because Terry Funk was like going to Puerto Rico and... All these places where wrestling was just nuts. So, yeah, Terry Funk, quite a long, long, long run. Great. He's very well featured in the Beyond the Mat documentary, if people haven't That's seen that. That's a great that. documentary. Spike Dudley's in it, actually, yeah. too. And he, he quotes uh, Shakespeare because, for those of you who don't know, Spike, Spike Dudley, the guy who does, is Spike Dudley is a, like an English teacher or was an English te- uh, elementary school English teacher back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it was quite the iconic Hall of Fame run for Terry Funk. Glad he made it into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I yeah, I'd say probably my favorite all time Terry Funk match would be that Ric Flair I Quit match around 1998. Do you remember the before we go? Do you remember the fire chair? Fire chair. Oh yes, yes, yes. Cactus yeah. Jack used to come out and have this thing called the fire chair. And he wrapped a chair in uh, in a, a rag and started the rag on fire. But he, he he tried to hit Terry Funk with it, and the rag flew off and landed on Terry Funk's back. And Terry Funk is just, like, running around the ring like a chicken with his head cut off because he has this flaming... Uh, flaming chair or flaming sock? or flame, Flaming thing on his back. And eventually they, they have to go and, like, uh, use a fire extinguisher on him. And it, so... Did was it Terry Funk and and Mick Foley and, or Cactus Jack when they were in ECW when they had all the chairs fly into the ring? I think so. Yeah, that was and then <laughs> Terry Funk also used the branding iron, which is kind of cool. In uh, his match with Sabu in uh, XPW, he actually like drank like a little bit of alcohol or something and took took the branding iron, which was on fire, and blew a flame ball mm-hmm. at at Sabu. You know, you don't see that 
in wrestling nowadays. You yeah. don't see that. People don't want to do that. But there is a, a place for everything. You know, in Japan, wrestling is serious. It's it's not comedic. It sounds like you're recommending if people want to see a whole new side of Terry Funk, if they're just only used to seeing the North American stuff, maybe look up Terry Funk in Japan on YouTube. Yes, because yeah. he, he, like, gets thrown into, like, barbed wire that explodes and gets fireballs set at him. And well, Icky, I think we're about out of time. Any closing thoughts on Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk before we wrap up the they show? They will be missed, and they are two hardcore icons, so... I cannot echo those sentiments enough. Uh, yeah, both, both very sad to see both go. Very, very saddened by their losses, and I think it's safe to say we can wish, uh, you know, them and their families uh, our deepest condolences. So, uh, you ready to wrap things up, Icky? Yes, yes. We're gonna have a commercial for a second, and then we have to get come up, come back to you with a, a message. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right. Well, apparently we got some other news, too. Yeah, we just got an update uh, during the commercial there. Happy birthday to Sergeant Slaughter. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Another icon of the ring. Yeah. So, uh, Icky, I think you said you had a couple of uh, below zero shows you want to give a heads up to. I think I got the details in your notes there, too, or on the, on those flyers. Yes, yes. Uh, first one is... Uh, uh, one second. I got, I got it on the screen there, too, if you want. It's Rumble on the River 3, the Crucible versus Royal Flava. One of Sat- many matches. <laughs> Saturday, August 26th at the Outstate Brewing Company, Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Doors open at 3 p.m., start 4 p.m., all ages event. And you can find tickets on BelowZeroWrestling.com. And then they have another show coming up uh, uh, September 23rd. Um, all right, Summer's Night main event. Uh, John Morrison will be there and X-Pac will be there. And it's Saturday, September 23rd, outdoors at Fargo Brewing, an all-ages event. I think that's around the same time, too, like uh, 4 or 5 p.m., but BelowZeroWrestling.com for the details and where to go to get tickets. And then we have one last one. And then they are going to be coming in the Grand Forks area for the first time. Below Zero Wrestling, Saturday, September 30th at Outdoors at Willie's Inn in uh, Laramore, North Dakota. Show starts at 4 p.m. It is an all-ages event, and you can, I believe you can get your tickets at uh, BelowZeroWrestling.com. Correct, or... At any of these events, you can get them right at the event itself if you don't order ahead of time. So, And uh, just to say, uh, Time Bomb is going to be having another show in October, and we're going to start advertising that next week. So, yeah, Pretty soon here, yeah, pretty soon, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out here. We'll get it, we'll get it here going in one of the coming weeks here pretty soon. So, yeah, yeah, we love lo- supporting local wrestling here on Icky Ichabod's Weird Wrestling, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So uh, what are you going to be reviewing next week, Icky? Transformers. More than, wait, which Transformers? The original 1986 version. Animated? Animated, yes. Stay weird, Grand Forks.